Hey guys, we are back with a repeat guest. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we have Gentry back on the podcast today. Hi, Gentry. Hi. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. All right, Kylie, it's time for the app. I think you should do this in your most professional voice. <laughs> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by faithandfreedomclothing.com. There you can find awesome t-shirts, and if you use the coupon code Impact Defense, it will get you 15% off of your order. And now time for the news portion of the podcast with your host, me. So I don't know the store, I don't know the man's name. But some man was in a store looking at, I believe, some chips, and two people come into the door. One of them is holding a gun and points a gun at him. He turns around, grabs the gun, jams it down, punches the dude in the face, and they run away. (laughs) Did he get his chips? I don't know. The video cuts out. But I'm assuming he probably did. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't give up on my chips if I just punched someone in the face for them. (laughs) Nope. Okay, now, hang on. I think there the store is, would give them to them for free. There, there is a video. <laughs> You're right, that's short, but that mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the guy that's clinging to the door on his knees as he's sliding <laughs> forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 That was really quick. Redirecting of the muzzle, turn around, mm-hmm. punch him in the face. Yep. I'm like, this is pretty much exactly what we teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, honestly. <laughs> yep, I like it. I like it a lot. Which actually, uh, I'm sure you probably wasn't like picking the story for the topic, but it actually works out really well. Because there's a lot of really complicated like gun defenses and stuff like that that I have seen at conferences and different things and training with different people, and um, you know watching some of these people like do it against somebody who is just trying to shoot them. How well does that actually work? Grabbing it and punching them in the face seems to work pretty well. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. A little unexpected. Mm-hmm. Short, sweet, and painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have. Uh, I've actually taught something you know similar to that, and I had a guy. I was teaching somewhere. I don't remember where I was teaching. Um, but it wasn't in my school. And I had a bunch of other, like, martial arts and stuff around. And, uh, you know, I teach, like, a really basic grab, redirect, punch him in the face. Very similar. And I had a guy goes, that is really cool. But have you seen this one? And Sykes does all this stuff. I was like, yeah. Can you actually do that? Of course I can. Okay. Um, have you ever actually pr- tried it with against a, a partner that's like being non-compliant? Well, it's really technical. That's my favorite answer yeah. to these things. It's like, oh, it's, it's technical. It's really technical. Hmm. So, can you do it? <laughs> Translate that for me. Does that mean it doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not planning on throwing anyone under the bus, but you know, I, I've done a lot of training with a lot of different guys through the years, and um, some of the th- stuff that I've seen in my head, I, I'm always nice and respectful, and I don't, I'm, I'm not, I mean, sometimes people think I'm a butt by nature, and are probably correct, but I don't generally, I'm always very respectful in a situation like going to a conference or uh, going to train with some other guys, you know, I just kind of walk away going like, mm, yeah, I don't think I'll train with them again. But, you know, if you're going to start, like, hashing it out over that, 
expect me to have an opinion. Yeah, my opinion is not necessarily going to line up with theirs. But I've heard everything from, well, I want my students to be at a higher level to be able to deal with higher, more complex moves in reality. Uh, I don't think that statistics line up with your thought process there, buddy. Mm-mm. So you ladies have all been very lucky because you've had me as an instructor. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally joking. Uh, <laughs> No, nah. like <laughs> nah, I, I really am. Um, no, you know, we, we've talked about it before. We talked about pressure testing before on the podcast. I was very lucky and blessed to kind of come up under somebody who who did it that way. In all honesty, if I had come up under somebody who had, this is the technique that you do for this particular thing, it may have taken me a lot longer before I realized that this crap doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I was brought up from the very beginning with that idea that if it doesn't work when you're going live, then it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people try, even if they are being pressure tested, they try to do things really fast so that you can't tell that they don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So it, it comes back to that if you can't do it slow, you can't do it fast thing. So the practicing it before you're pressure tested, you know, just really getting that muscle memory and stuff because if you don't have the muscle memory, it's just not going to happen. Okay. So to keep me from talking so much, what is your process when you learn something new? Uh, moving from you know learning it to actually being able to do it. Um, this is going to sound backwards, but one of my first steps that helps me learn it is to explain it to someone else. Mm-hmm. So whenever you tell me something, I really started like picking up speed whenever I started assisting and I had to go straight from you teaching me how to do that thing to then telling students and helping students do that thing. Mm -hmm. And it just forces you to think it through in a way that you don't have to as much when you're learning it. But when you have to explain it to someone else, you have to think through all of the different aspects and you have to go to the why and you got to go to the exactly how and you got to go to how it works for each individual person. And you really start to understand the ins and outs of the move. And then once you understand that and you do it slowly several times and you work out the different kinks, then when you start to add in the pressure and add in the live action, it becomes a whole lot easier because... For me, I have trouble doing something if I don't fully understand like all of the rules around it, I guess. You're very much so a rule follower. Uh, very much so. <laughs> like If someone doesn't explain to me the rules of a game before I play, I will just not do anything because I don't understand the rules, and so I don't feel comfortable playing. And so, You know what my number one rule for playing any game is? Win. Win. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then after that, I will Kylie see if I'm playing within the rules or not. she accomplished, but I have an entire wrapper right here. <laughs> For me, I, I struggled whenever I started learning any type of karate, anything, because I would get distracted when you're demonstrating things. I, I got it. Turn around. <laughs> What's the first thing? Just that, trying to figure out, oh, how do I make it look like that? How do I it's like 90% of the people that I bring into this place, like ADD. Mm, probably. <laughs> but I'm a visual learner, so what I started doing was I would just take snapshots in my brain of the, that is how we're starting yeah. that. And I, it's an image in my mind. And I just had to take snapshots of the process. And then I, once I did that and I knew exactly where I was starting from, then I was okay because I could, 
I could kind of recall those snapshots and go, okay, this was the first thing. We need to end up here. <laughs> so I would go to the next one. This is where I need to go next. Um, and then after that, it was instructing people. I would turn around and look for somebody else who was struggling with it and explain it to them. Because if I explained it to them, teaching yeah. is... One Regurgitation of the really does help. Mm -hmm. It really does. As long as I could teach it to somebody else and put them in those positions where their hands needed to be, where their feet needed to be, then I knew that I had it. And if I was adjusting other people and they were not coming out where they needed to be, I could fix it because I could make it look like you were making it look. <laughs> <laughs> if I can teach it to other people, I can teach it to myself exactly. while I'm doing it. Exactly. I mean, because there's been many times that I've taught something to someone and then learned it later because I knew what it needed to look like. I could make it look like it here and then I can come over here which and sounds it. weird and people are mm -hmm. like so you're teaching people this stuff before you know what you're doing mm -hmm. it's like if if you get it to a point where it's like working and <laughs> right. it's not and something then, i do most of the time but i can do it pretty well and that's that's typically how it's I. it's kind of like i can walk someone through mm -hmm. the steps of how to learn how to do a backflip mm -hmm. can i do a backflip myself no. Can exactly. I help someone else get to that point? Yeah. I taught your brother mm -hmm. how to do a backflip. I've never <clears throat> done a backflip in my life, but mm -hmm. I understand the principles behind it. Mm -hmm. I understand what was needed. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I'm not the build for a backflip. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I, I, I am short and stocky, and I don't have the build for the backflip. Not meaning I, yeah. I've seen guys with my build do backflips. But I'm just saying it's, a, it's, it's, not, it's a lot harder, and it's something I've never really put a whole lot of work to. I mean, you can still teach the principles to somebody. Mm -hmm. You can still teach somebody to do something without being able to do it. Some of the best instructors in the world are not that great at it themselves. They just don't have a really, really deep understanding. Not saying right. that, you know, but, you know, sometimes that regurgitation really mm -hmm. helps. It's kind of the, like there are techniques that don't work really well mm -hmm. for you, but you teach them anyway because well, yeah, they because work really not. well for other people. Right. Yeah. And so. We got tall, skinny people. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do their techniques, mm -hmm. but. You know, I have to understand how it works for them. Mm -hmm. you know? Does that mean that you're not going to be a little bit better at teaching the things that really work for you? No, but like you can get it. You can get it to a point where it works for other people and help them work out the kinks and that. And it's just as long as you have that underlying understanding of the mechanics of everything and how mm -hmm. it's supposed to work and why it works, mm -hmm. getting it to work gets a lot easier. And I understand what Gentry's saying about the snapshots mm -hmm. because that's one of the only ways I can get myself to focus on it too. Because if I'm looking at the whole technique at mm -hmm. one time, it is going to go right through my head. And yep. I'm going to be like, I have no idea where to start, so I can't <laughs> finish it. Mm -hmm. On a side note, <clears throat> my grandmother taught me and a lot of the other grandchildren how to swim. She's in her 80s. She cannot swim. I've watched her almost drown in three feet of water <laughs> after she taught me to swim. All right, Kyle, you're the only one who hasn't spoken on this. You're the youngest at the table. How do you go, what's the process for you from going, I learned the technique, I learned the thing, how do you make it work for yourself? How do you get there? Just to make sure that I'm doing it right, I have someone that knows the technique pretty well come over to see if I'm doing it right. <laughs> okay, so what I'm asking is, how do you go from getting it right to being able to do it on a non-compliant person? Continue to practice it. So you're just like drilling it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, you, you find that you have a lot of different kind of approaches to this. Uh, so, and it depends on the situation. I, I kind of get all of your aspects because I've come upon a lot of techniques 
through the years and a lot of different things, kind of working through all of these situations. Sometimes it's a, I got it. I did it at a conference. It was really cool. I probably can't do it live yet, but when I start teaching it to other people, uh, and I start grasping it a little better, even more and more, because I start to see, you start to see the little micro things mm-hmm. that you have to do in situations, um, in a real situation. I mean, if you have a non-compliant person, or sorry, if you have a compliant person in front of you, then sometimes it's a lot easier just to kind of go through the motions with it. But in that moment when you have that non-compliant person, sometimes you need those little, little micro details. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of that sometimes from teaching, but also just from, um, you know, coming up doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu a lot, um, we would sit there and just drill the technique and drill the technique and drill the technique. And I had an excellent partner, my brother, um, who was a lot like me in that respect, that we would, uh, he listens to the podcast, so he's, there you go. Uh, Hi, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. <laughs> Hi. So, but in, anyway, and that, we would sit there and just drill the technique and drill the technique and drill the technique and drill the technique and just not stop until we could do it and just like slowly put a little more pressure and a little more pressure and a little more pressure or a little less compliance each time uh, until we could just do it whether the other person wanted us to do it or not. And I would take a technique there and, you know, as a white belt or blue belt even in jiu-jitsu at the time, I remember pulling it off on like uh, really high level like brown belts and and catching a black belt one time uh, in something just because that's the way we did it. And we just, mm-hmm. I drilled it to the point where I just could, you know, I was getting it really, really well. And when they, you know, guys that hire up go like, oh, look at this little white belt, look at this little blue belt. And they just didn't expect you to be mm-hmm. able to do it. But we just had this mentality of just like, Ugh. so mm-hmm. any of those things can help you. Um, the one thing you don't want to do is always practice on non-compliant or with a non-compliant. Oh. Compliant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Gentry. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So say what I was trying to say. You don't always want to practice on a compliant person. Thank you. Because that you was need awesome. someone who is non-compliant at times. Gosh. Did you guys like how I said that? That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny to me is like from teaching the kids these things, there are a lot of techniques that work better on a non-compliant partner. Mm-hmm. Like I see them go limp sometimes mm-hmm. with some of the grappling techniques right. we do. And they're like, I don't understand. I can't get it to work. Like So the, the person doing the technique, their partner has gone mm-hmm. like limp or just uh-huh. like really still. And... They're trying to get the shrimp escape or something like that. And they're just like, I don't understand why it's not working. And over here, like, it's because your partner fell over like a dead fish. Push them <laughs> off of you. Like, and you're done. Because they've just given up. But there are techniques. Our techniques are designed to be used against a non-compliant partner. Yep. So they need to be practiced with one. Yeah. So, like, I'm not saying before you get the motion down, go mm-hmm. ahead and, you know, let your partner start. Well, you never, you never start at 100% non-compliance exactly. either. You but, know, it's a slow build. But you do have to get there eventually. And yep. there, you'll find that some techniques are a whole lot easier to pull off on someone who's not being compliant. And sometimes it's hard to explain that to newer students who come in and they think, I'm just going to grab a hold of them and not let go. And they're completely non-compliant from the beginning. And they don't kind of kind of grasp that we're helping each other yeah. to learn. And their whole goal is to show you that, oh, I'm a white belt, but I'm going to hold you down and not let you move. So I think a lot of the maturity of learning 
the techniques is learning to work with your partner and help them train and not just and like show when them you're, that you can hold them. Mm-hmm. And when you're being non-compliant, mm-hmm. it's also important to be non-compliant in the ways that would you would actually be right. non-compliant if you yeah. were the person's opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... Act in a natural way. Yes. Yes. And understand what... Understand the goal that you're training to fight against. So, like, our drop, flail, wiggle, scream technique is super simple. Lots of people can learn it, but when mm-hmm. they go home and they practice it themselves, you know, with um, their spouse or with their parent, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, now no, hold on really tight. And drop, flail, wiggle, scream is an anti-abduction technique. The person is grabbing onto you from behind and, like, pulling Not you. an anti Hold you technique. Hold you yeah, technique. Yes. yes. Hold because me still. Squeeze. Sorry. They're like, I don't understand why it didn't work. It's like, well, was the person that you were doing it with actually like trying to drag you? Or were they just standing in one spot clamped down as hard as they could be? And they're like, oh, they were just standing in one spot clamped down. It's like, yeah, okay, see, if someone is doing that, then they're all, that that's all they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're not Let's stand in a parking to, lot. Hold you. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> like, There's nothing what awkward end, going on. Yes, what end does that... There isn't a criminal who does that. Like, it's like, I just want to hold this person in this exact spot for absolutely right. no reason for however long. It's like, that's not something that you should learn to defend against. It's like, so add in that movement. Add in them trying to drag you, and then the technique right. works. Mm-hmm. You know, so non-compliance in the way that it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was training, uh, so I was, I was doing my combatives training, um, and it is a multiple day thing where we're doing this certification. He was telling about a uh, lady when he was teaching, just like to the general public. Um, he had this lady student who came in and says, "This like escape from the ground doesn't work," and he says, "What are you talking about?" She says, "Well, I went home, and my boyfriend uh, put me in that position." And was holding me down, and she says, I couldn't get up. It doesn't work. He goes, oh, okay. He said, well, here's what you do. He said, I can, I can help you make that work. He said, take your thumb, and the next time he does this, they go home this evening, take your thumb, and then shove it in his eye, and then do the technique. And she was like, I can't do that. It's my boyfriend. He said, exactly. He said, this is, you got to understand that these techniques are designed for serious situations and in the serious situations like that shove your freaking thumb in his eye mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it'll generally work mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and he's going to not play anymore she said but he said but if you uh if, if you're going to try to play nice while they are playing dirty or mm-hmm. if you're going to play nice while they are just trying to just hold you in position no it's not going to work you know, so context is a huge thing for some of these things as well. Because, uh, yeah, there is a difference in, in size and strength. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make a big difference. So you got to understand how to overcome it. And some, uh, sometimes we overcome that by extreme violence. Mm-hmm. And that's not really popular to hear, but this is the truth. It is. I think it's important to note that if you haven't done a technique over and over and over again, and if you haven't had to fully think it out in your head like if you were to explain it to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't built up the pressure, you can not rely on yourself to remember it at all in any kind of pressure situation. You only remember the things that have been ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. 
in a self-defense situation and under adrenaline. Like, if you've ever tried to learn a grappling technique and then grapple with someone that night and try to use it, it's probably not going to work out so well. Yeah. It's it's something that takes a lot of practice. And even if you built up pressure in that class, it's still not going to be something that's super reliable for you in the grappling match that night. It's something that you continue to work through and you try it in a lot of different grappling matches and Mm -hmm. you know you get used to it and you figure out how to make it work for you when you are actively grappling something like that so and and the great story from that is purely what i was talking about earlier when my brother and i would would uh would do that we would just sit in there and just like continue to go and continue to go and continue to go we it was one of those things where i try to tell everybody and it doesn't always work out i try to tell everybody don't stop doing working on that technique until like we're moving to the next thing so many times people start doing things it's like oh i got it and they stop and i don't i I guess i don't understand that mentality a lot because i'm not that way and maybe i should say things about it a little more but like we were like we were doing something really obscure obscure one night and it was like you had somebody in oma plata and if you know what omoplata is, awesome. If you don't, it's a shoulder lock. You're locking up their shoulders with your legs. It is really kind of like, it's cool. I like it. But it's, it's a situation you don't you very rarely find yourself in. Um, so for me, I had a combination where I would go like armbar, triangle, omoplata. And that was something that I would kind of end up there every go once in a while. Well, the instructor that night was showing how to um, apply to somebody, and if they roll out of it, catch them in a knee bar. That's crazy. That's hard. And I was sitting there telling my brother over and over again as we were doing it, just out time after time after time, this is really cool. It's a lot of fun. But there's no freaking way in this world I would actually be able to pull this off. Okay? Because the guy's doing a forward roll over you, and you catch a leg and put them in a knee bar. And But I... I don't care if the instructor tells me to do this. I'm going to just like keep rolling with it. And we kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And if you do it enough, like you said, it kind of starts to get ingrained. Mm -hmm. And the way we would always practice was you don't practice until they say, I mean, you don't practice until you feel like you got it. You practice until they say, okay, we're moving on something else. And we just kept rolling, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. Well, that night I'm sitting there grappling around. I'm a white belt at the time. I'm grappling around with this uh, brown belt and, uh, Dude's been in it for like eight years. He's been doing this stuff. I'm still in my first year of actual formal uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training. I went armbar. I had him in guard. I went armbar, and he slipped out triangle. He's, you know, turned, so I'm like, I'm a plata. And all of a sudden, he starts to roll out. And just like without even thinking about it, I reached up and grabbed that leg, slid into the knee bar position. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got the knee bar. <laughs> you know? But that would not have happened if I had done that like three times. Said, yeah, okay, cool, I got it. You know? I, I guarantee we did it a minimum of 25 times each. Minimum. And probably more than that. But I was just sitting there and thinking, even though while doing it, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Um, but when you do something, you know, four or five, even ten times, you know, most people say you need to do a technique about a thousand times. And I have guys that are super, super disciplined about it will schedule something out and say, I like this thing. 
I'm going to practice it 100 times a day for 10 days. And you got it a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And that's serious dedication to something. And if you're going to like work on like, okay, let's say like, um, taking it completely out of the box of grappling and saying, uh, like drawing your gun. When I was doing a lot of my shooting certifications and stuff like that, I worked, uh, gun draws every day, all the time, constantly. And the, from the first time I went and trained to another time when I went back for some later certifications, uh, my instructor looked at me and said, Brian, I don't know what in the world you've done, but that gun, that pistol draw is on point. It's consistent. It's every time you're doing the exact same thing. You're doing just awesome. And I, the only reason was I did it every single day and I did not stop until I did it. You know, I had a set number. I can't remember what that number was. It was, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 times a day every day for multiple multiple days so i've drawn that gun a thousand times plus just in practice at the house you know so you want to get good at something <laughs> repetition what would you suggest would be a good number per day if you were trying to learn a, a new technique to I guess practice it, it well it depends on what the technique is and how complicated right. it is and it does it require a partner mm -hmm. uh you're talking about if you're going to say something like uh drawing from the holster mm-hmm you know that doesn't take another person mm -hmm. that's just sitting there doing it right uh and yeah just come up with a good solid number and a good solid like length of time and i'm going to do this i think for me i knew it was i was like a month out and if i remember correctly i, I set my goal at like 50 draws mm -hmm. a day and because i had a month between classes mm -hmm. um and i and i came back in he said that, that draw was just like night and day difference. Mm -hmm. And I did that in a month because I said 50 times a day. How long did it take me to do that? Not that long. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's not like it takes you a minute to do a draw. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just a matter of setting a goal mm -hmm. and doing it and following through on that goal. You want to be good at something, you got to like, it takes work. Mm -hmm. You can't just like learn something and, and then just do it and say, Psh, I got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I think... Um, well, it's going to come down to personal abilities and, like, do you have a training partner to do something with? And if you're trying to, if you're looking at a mount escape and you say, I want to do a uh, trap and roll mount escape and I've got a built-in partner, be it family member or whatever, um, you know, depending on how fast you want to get good at it, you know, anywhere from, like, I'm going to do this 10 times a day to, I would, I would suggest really closer to 25 mm -hmm. at least, but... Ten times a day is still ten times more than most people do. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would just take that technique and just like, you just dedicate yourself to doing it and you just kind of like push through and just mm -hmm. do it and you're going to get really, really good at it really fast. Mm -hmm. There's an old saying that basically says, work until your brain forgets and your body remembers. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people could like learn a lot from that one thing. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who said it. It was uh, some uh, somebody way back in the day so we'll just leave it at that um it's a great saying it's a great thing uh, for people to think about uh that's something that we really really want to do uh if you actually want to get good at defending yourself i don't know how completely related this is but um when you're training a self-defense technique you've got to also train to remember to use your voice in that time as well yes. mm -hmm. so yelling things like help you know all Using your voice and not being quiet because that is that does so much more good than a lot of people give it credit for. And they're like, oh, I just want to learn the escape. Well, 
pair it with your voice yes. and the escape works mm-hmm. so much better and everything is easier to escape when there is someone there to help you. Mm-hmm. So training yourself to use your voice and that you're you can train your body to remember that as well. Like, and train your kids to use their voice. Yes. We had a parent one time, uh, it was I was talking to a parent and she was talking about some of the self defense that we were working on with her kid and everything and she said she asked her, um, Okay, they told you to yell really loud. And she's like, yes. Okay, what if you are somewhere and somebody grabs you and they say, be really quiet. She says, what are you going to do? She goes, I will yell really quietly. And she's like, no. I never thought about that. But, you know, you make sure you tell your kids. I don't care. It doesn't matter what that person says. If they grab you and say, be quiet, yell really loud. They're not supposed to be grabbing you. If the person who is trying to hurt you tells you to do something. You do the exact me- yeah, opposite. Yeah, <laughs> you do the exact opposite. It's like whatever they say to do, do the exact opposite of that thing. Yeah. I don't care what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so train your body to remember to use your voice as well. Yep. And train it what to say. Like, that way you don't have to think quite as much about that in the moment too. Like if you're training gun defense and whenever you take the gun away from somebody, you train yourself to automatically start backing up and saying get down on the ground Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. your body's going to remember to back up and say get down on the ground right now that's what i was getting ready to say is teaching yourself to finish the technique not forgetting that either run or Uh yeah or you know just finish it out don't just do what you were trained to do and then stop and stand there well and and we talked about this and we're going to probably run long a little bit but we've talked about this before where in classes and i know my wife brings it up um when you're, especially like gun defense, we had uh, two different stories from early 2000s, late 90s, somewhere in that range. It was two police officers. Uh, somebody pulled a gun on them. They were both martial artists. They both took the guns away from their attackers and just out of muscle memory, they just handed it right back because they were so used to that in mm-hmm. training. So exactly what you just said, right. finish it out like by running away, by backing up with the gun on them, mm-hmm. by doing something where it's just like it builds in you what the next thing you need to do mm-hmm. and doesn't build in you a bad habit. Train yourself how to start, killed. do the middle, and the end. Yeah, both of those guys were shot, by the way, mm-hmm. so after they handed the gun back. Yep. So it's something that is very, very important that we train ourselves correctly mm-hmm. in these situations. So, yes, um, thank you guys very much for watching or listening or watching or however you're getting the podcast. <laughs> uh, we are going to have Gentry back on. Uh, very soon within the next few podcasts and we are going to be talking about um, what's that gentry i don't know it's that, it's that word that we couldn't say desensitization Des- that, that's about as good as i've come up with so far yeah desensitization mm-hmm. i said Des- it i can't believe it. say it gentry desensitization Des- 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 no <laughs> it's a no okay so <laughs> we were out. we were we were discussing this uh, maybe by the time we get to this podcast, we'll be able to get it. Maybe we won't. And then you can just laugh at us the entire time. You know, everybody has those words. And sometimes it's like, I just can't say that. It's uh, desensitizing yourself, but right. it's desensitizing. No. You almost had it. I know. Yeah. Yep. All right. So anyway, guys, we will see you in the next podcast and be looking for the uh, the next one. We are going to be talking about uh, that word. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not going to chance it and say it again. If you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to like and subscribe. Go to Apple Podcast. Um, give us a five-star review over there. Write a review. We've gotten some five-star reviews, but we haven't had anybody actually like write a review. 
and we could really use some written reviews to read on the podcast. So we'd really appreciate if you'd go on there and write some reviews. All right, guys. See you in the next one. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.